Hey, good morning. I have my last class at Creighton tonight for the semester. Um, still have a final to do project presentations, but no more teaching for this semester. So the last class we had was on time management, one of my favorite topics. I was surprised to hear that most of the people in the classroom didn't have a strategy to worry about time. Evidently in college world, if you get your assignments done, that's good enough. The rest of it, they kind of fit in when they can or keep it in their head, they said. I was a little surprised, but we both know the day will come when that runs out of energy and you need something a little smarter to help you tackle your schedule and focus on the things that matter to you. The first thing we talked about is, that, is time something that can even be managed. I mean, we all get the same amount of time. We all get 24 hours a day, so many days a month, a year, nothing's different, it's all the same. Perception of time, though, does change. Sometimes we love what we're doing and it seems to go fast. Sometimes we hate it and we're staring at the clock. So we could maybe work on doing more of the things that seem to go fast. We could also maybe work on slowing the clock down when we want to enjoy it more, learn to pause and savor the moment. One thing I wanted to talk about with the students was the week is probably the best unit of rhythm to focus on. Uh, you can look at two weeks to get kind of a further outlook, you know, things you need to accomplish by the quarter, but the week's a good rhythm. And inside of that, we have quarters, much like seasons in the, away from the equator, we benefit from four seasons. And each season, season will kind of have its rhythm, and in the business world up here, that means it kind of has the same sort of rhythm. The end of year has a different feel than the beginning or the middle. And you need to have schedule your time accordingly to fit into that rhythm. And a particular day is no different. There's a wonderful book by Daniel Pink that you should read called When. And he makes a great statement that, you know, all hours are not created equal. When is important. What's your golden time? Are you any good right after lunch? First thing when you show up, maybe you have to warm up a little bit, have the first cup of coffee, but there will be a time that's more better for you, more important. The trick is to schedule high-value time with high-value work. If you get those crossed, if you do high-value work in a low-quality time, well, the outcome will be effective, perhaps even wrong. It's an interesting book. It goes into a lot more detail. You can just Google on some videos, too, and get a good idea of what he's talking about. And what about the seasonal rhythm? You know, there's an off-season in nature. Um... There's a dry versus wet if it's around the equator, but in the, you know for our hemisphere it's winter. Things shut down. Nature takes a break, takes a deep breath, keeps things from getting out of control. Well, work has one too, but we don't want to admit it. Maybe you can't say it out loud, but July is less than September. You know we don't do as much during the Thanksgiving and Christmas holidays as we do in February, March. I think what's important, though, is that we have a ritual to signal it's time to get back to work. When it's time to take a break, take a break. But when it's time to get back to work, I think it would help to have some sort of accepted ritual to get back. Maybe you buy a new suit, upgrade a gadget. Maybe that's when you get your new phone. Buy a new journal, a day planner. Start over with a fresh pad of paper. Make your to-do list again. Refresh it. Something, whatever works for you, but have some ceremony that lets your brain signal, okay, I'm back. It's time to get on it. That way you can take a three-day weekend or take a vacation, but don't ease back into it. Jump back in. Get busy. 
And don't ease into vacation either. Same thing. Jump into it wholeheartedly. And here's a mix of tactics that I've collected. Nothing too exciting. There's a slide deck that I'll put online uh, with them. On LinkedIn at least. But it's what? Eight little things? I think one of them, number one, is a start the day before. If at all possible, that before you go to bed or before you leave work, think about what you're going to do tomorrow. Look at your schedule. Scheduling a couple of big rocks. Big rocks defined by Stephen Covey as something that's important but not urgent. And the key to that is we can delay it. That's all, everything that's good for us, like exercise, drinking plenty of water, eating healthy, calling friends, checking in on people, looking at thinking about a project long term or creatively working on something with no distractions and no end in sight. These are all things that can be delayed because they're not pressing, they're not in front of us. So you need to look at your calendar tomorrow and make time for it. Ideally, you want to schedule out as far as you can. Stephen Covey says a couple of weeks. Some people schedule even longer. Um, another tactic I've seen people do is they have a recurring meeting. You know, either before or after lunch, which just blocked off. Some companies even have office hours where I've only heard of this. I've never seen it. But, you know, before, say, 10 o'clock in the morning, nobody bugs anybody. You don't email anybody. You don't go visit anybody. It's office hours. You're expected to get work done. So start the day before. The other thing is to begin with your calendar. Begin with your schedule. Change your Outlook settings where if you click on it, it opens up to the schedule. It doesn't open up to email. It'll keep you from burying yourself in the tedious to-dos of the not urgent, not important. Or maybe it's urgent, but not important. So begin with your schedule, not your email. And then when you got to look at email, tackle it in bursts, in chunks. Turn on your email, triage it, process it, and turn it off. Turn it back on an hour later. Don't use it as text messaging. Tackle your email, triage it, and here's how you triage it. And a lot of this I got from David Allen, getting things done. I've paraphrased it, trimmed it down to fit my lifestyle, but that's where most of it comes from. Take email in chunks, delete what you can, that's number one. Number two, if you can finish it in less than 10 minutes, or two minutes, sorry. If you can finish it in less than two minutes, just do it. It takes more effort to track it, schedule it, you know, hide it, whatever, then just do it. But if it takes longer than two minutes and you can't delete it, well, then you need to schedule the work. You don't need to do it right then. You don't need to forget about it. You don't put it on a to-do list. You schedule it. Right-click on the email, set the schedule, and then type in the meeting what you plan to do. What's the outcome? Don't expect to remember. You'll waste time rethinking it, and you'll just spin your wheels. So that's the first three things, and I think you'll get pretty far on those three. Plan the day before. Begin each morning with your schedule, not your email. And when you get the email, do it in chunks and bursts. Don't do it throughout the day. And then the next line of ideas is a little more different, a little more subtle, but there's this idea of switching cost. You know, whenever I'm on one task and somebody interrupts me and I have to start a different task, there's a wasted amount of energy and attention and focus to switch gears and to think about something else. When I get a text, you know, you have to look at it. And if you're expected to call them, then you got to go back to what you were working on. You're just not in the groove now. You don't really understand where you're at in that document or exactly what you were thinking. Worst case, you lose that good idea you were just about to type. But there's tricks. The point of this is there's tricks that you can put into place to reduce the cost of switching. Keep small notes. Keep a scratch pad. Learn to doodle. Use bookmarks. Write down what you were doing. Keep shorthand somewhere. 
if you're working on computers and make a few notes, can go a long way when you come back. Where was I? How did, long does it take to prime the pump? If you search the internet, they'll give you it takes 12 to 20 minutes to get back in the groove. Think about some tricks you can do to lessen that time to lower the cost of switching. And the best thing is don't switch at all, but it's kind of hard in today's world. Another thing you can do is keep a when in doubt list. If you find yourself with some free time, you know, five minutes before lunch or ten minutes before the end of the day, or maybe you have an hour and a meeting gets canceled, have a when in doubt list. When in doubt, I'm going to work on, what is it, clean out that drawer that just keeps full of junk, or check battery flashlights if you work from home, or order flowers for somebody. But have a when in doubt checklist. It goes a long way. Another list you should have is a not-to-do list. These are things I'm not going to do. You can thank Tim Ferriss for that. For example, I've wasted many time checking out books on Chinese. I've always had this, I don't know, this wild hair idea that I'm going to learn Chinese somehow. I want to go to China. It's never going to happen. Never started. But I keep thinking about starting. Finally, I made a note to myself. I scheduled an email to be sent to myself a year later. And the email was simple. It said, if you have not started on Chinese already, stop talking about it. So I have to put Chinese on my not-to-do list. Does it mean that I don't want to do it anymore? No, it's still in me somehow. I don't know why, but I'm not worried about it. I'm not going to do it. I've agreed to ignore it. And it brings up the next one is related. It's a someday maybe list. There's a beautiful thing to this someday maybe list. And that gives me the freedom to record it. To record it so I don't forget it. But I don't have to stress over getting it done. It doesn't go into my normal system. It doesn't get scheduled. It's someday maybe I'll read this book or someday maybe I'll watch this video or take this course online. Man, the list is long, but I don't have to stress over it. And someday if I'm curious, I can go look at the list. There's things I've forgotten that I've put there. And then I'm pleased that I find them. The last thing is a project file, project folder. There's this idea, you know, that a place for everything and everything in its place. I think it's important make sure all your projects are in one place have a project folder so when you do that switching cost remember when you go to work on a project all your stuff's in one place don't have paper versus electronic versus have it all electronic nowadays i understand some of it's in paper it may stay in paper for a while but have a plan to scan it and get it back in electronic it's hard to fight it if you have to at least do two don't do more than two one paper one electronic that brings me to the end you can sum all this gibberish up Make it simple. Have a bumper sticker. If I had one bumper sticker you had to smack on your car, it would make you a genius at time management. It's this. Schedule it. That's it. Schedule it. That's the key to time management. I could talk a lot more about priorities and how to pick what's important to you. And It's not just about what's important right now, but it's about what's important in the long run. What's going to make next week, next year better? Those are the things to work on. Make room every day to spend at least 30 minutes working on something that will make tomorrow, next week, next month better, easier. That's how you find more time in your day. You solve it almost like a time machine. Work on something today that will make tomorrow better or a week from now better. And that will give you more room a week from now to make more room in the future. And as you make room, you'll have time for rest and peace and serendipity and pleasant relationships. But it takes effort. you got to proactively work to free up a day. You can't just show up in the firefight and expect it to be okay. 
Anyway, this is Greg from Valley Guides Podcast. Today's Thursday. Sunday's going to be the last one. Hang in there. We're going to hit 100. Thanks for listening.